RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kem. The headlines, engineering sector lawmaker Lo Wai Kwok says poor supervision probably led to the construction blunder at the Pavilia Farm residential development. The government is urged to spell out any plans it has for district councillors and University of Hong Kong student union leaders stepped down after withdrawing a sympathy motion for the man who stabbed a police officer. Engineering sector lawmaker Lo Wai Kwok says initial evidence suggests poor supervision led to the construction blunder at the Pavilion Farm residential development in Taiwai. Two partially built blocks there need to be demolished and rebuilt after they failed strength tests. Here's Mr Lo. I think um, the chance of design error uh, may be low because um, all these um, design drawing etc., um, has to, you know, gone through the uh, very uh, vigorous uh, checking and also assessment by government department. So the chance of uh, uh, some human error in the on-site supervision uh, is the one of the direction that uh, they should carry out the investigation. Shares of developer New World Development slumped by more than five percent this morning after falling about four percent yesterday. Morgan Stanley said it expected reconstruction costs to, to come to about $900 million on top of compensation packages to buyers estimated at $600 million. Southern District Councillor Paul Zimmerman is urging the government to stop playing what he called a scare game over the fate of district councillors, saying it's extremely unhealthy. At least 70 district councillors have reportedly resigned in the past few days amid rumours that if they're disqualified, Authorities will recoup their salaries and allowances. District councillors are expected to pledge allegiance to the SAR this month, and it's been said as many as 230 of them might fail to meet criteria. Mr Zimmerman says a number of his colleagues are concerned. I think it should be better and more correct for government to stop this game of letting up balloons in the media on what may or may not happen and publish as soon as possible today what their intentions are with the clear document and the guidelines that they want to put down and the criteria that they want to put down and the actions that they plan to take and just put it out to everybody and to undertake those actions in a month's time rather than make them effective immediately so that everybody can consider them themselves and then make decisions rather than creating the scare game that's going on right now. Democratic Party Chairman Lo Kin Hai says more than 10 of the party's 80-odd councillors resigned yesterday amid the reports surrounding the oath-taking process. He urged the government to clarify the rumours, which he said felt like an ultimatum. Following a backlash, the University of Hong Kong's Student Union Council has withdrawn a motion that expressed sadness at a man's suicide after he stabbed a police officer last week. At a press briefing overnight, the union's head, Kwok Wing Ho, said the content of the motion was seriously inappropriate and it had no intention of encouraging illegal acts. The union council is deeply distressed by the extremely inappropriate content in the motion of con- condolence passed on July 7 to Mr. Leung Kim Fai. The union, as a servant to HKU students, does not promote unlawful behaviour. The union acknowledges that the the severity of the event and would remain cautious about its responsibility to students, to the university and to society. To that end, the Union Council shall revoke the motion. The Union Executive Committee shall resign immediately and I shall represent the Union Executive Committee to express 
my deepest apologies to our schoolmates. Three associations under the union have distanced themselves from the council, saying they were politically neutral. Tram services, several tram services have been suspended after a crane truck broke the overhead cables. The accident happened at the intersection of Hennessy Road and Tinlock Lane at 9 o'clock this morning. Hong Kong tramways say services between South K1 and Happy Valley are affected. The Centre for Health Protection says it's investigating what it called a suspected re-positive coronavirus case involving a member of the Kazakhstan consulate. The 39-year-old man was infected in Kazakhstan last month. He arrived in Hong Kong on Wednesday where he tested preliminary positive, but a subsequent test was inconclusive. The man was sent to hospital for further checks. Sources say he lives in Manhattan Heights in Kennedy Town. Coronavirus restrictions are to be tightened across the Sydney area after a big spike in the number of COVID cases. Health authorities say 44 newly acquired infections were detected in the most recent reporting period. 27 of those were in the community while infectious. New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian says people will have to stay in their local government area or within 10 kilometres of their home for exercise. Only one household member can go shopping and there are new caps on public gatherings. To alleviate any confusion, nobody is allowed into your house. Nobody outside your household is allowed into your house. The only exception is if you're receiving care by people, one person, dropping off uh, essential goods. South Korea will enforce its strongest social distancing measures yet in the greater capital area from next week. The country has been reporting new daily records in the number of coronavirus cases, with more than 1,300 on Wednesday. The measures include a ban on private social gatherings of more than three people after 6pm, shutting down nightclubs and churches, banning visitors at hospitals and nursing homes, and limiting weddings and funerals to family only. Shopping malls will have to close after 10pm. Pfizer and BioNTech have announced they'll seek regulatory authorization for a third dose of their COVID-19 vaccine, saying they believe it may be needed within 6 to 12 months after full vaccination, based on drop-offs in efficacy seen in Israel after six months. Initial data from an ongoing trial also showed a third shot pushed antibody levels five to ten times higher against the original coronavirus strain and the beta variant first found in South Africa. The companies expect a third dose will perform similarly well against highly transmissible Delta strains, which is quickly becoming dominant. Health regulators in the United States, though, say there's no current need for those who are fully vaccinated against coronavirus to receive a booster jab. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said in a joint statement they were prepared to reconsider the recommendation if science showed it was necessary. President Biden has defended the withdrawal of U.S. troops from Afghanistan, saying the status quo was not an option. He insisted the U.S. military had achieved its goals by punishing the perpetrators of the September 11th attacks. I will not send another generation of Americans to war in Afghanistan with no reasonable expectation of achieving a different outcome. The United States cannot afford to remain tethered to policies, creating a response to a world as it was 20 years ago. We need to meet the threats where they are today. Mr Biden accepted there was uncertainty about the future of Afghanistan as the Taliban continues to gain ground, raising the possibility of a renewed civil war. 
A U.S. lawyer who represented the adult film actress Stormy Daniels in lawsuits against President Trump has been sentenced to two and a half years in prison for trying to extort money from the sportswear company Nike. Here's the BBC's David Willis. Today, at his sentencing, the judge accused Michael Avenatti of being drunk on power and operating as if the law didn't apply to him. Michael Avenatti, in a tearful statement, admitted that uh, he'd lost his way and he added that I've learnt that all the fame, notoriety and money in the world is meaningless. Everyone wants to ride in a limo with you, but very few are willing to sit next to you on the bus, even fewer are willing to take your calls from prison. Chief of Police in Haiti says 28 people are thought to have been involved in the assassination of President Jovenel Moise on Wednesday. 26 Colombians and two Haitian Americans. Police say they're looking for eight of the killers. Uh, the others had either been killed or captured. The acting Prime Minister of Haiti, Claude Joseph, said he believes the president may have been killed because he'd taken on those whom he called Haiti's oligarchs. The basic information that we have thus far show that they were foreign mercenaries. I understand that he was fighting against some oligarchs in the country also. So we do not know. Perhaps there's a link between the fight you know, against the oligarchs and those foreign mercenaries coming to kill him. The European Parliament has approved a resolution condemning Hungary for a recent law forbidding the depiction of homosexuality and gender change to under-18s. Parliamentarians called on the European Commission to take urgent steps against the Hungarian government. Here's the BBC's Nick Thorpe. The vote in favour of the resolution was decisive, 459 to 147, with 58 abstentions. The Parliament urged the European Commission to pressurise the Hungarian government by applying a new tool, rule of law conditionality, in the distribution of the EU budget. In practice, this would mean Hungarian receipt of over 7 billion euros due to begin next month could be delayed. Deputies also urged the Commission to take Hungary to the European Court of Justice over the legislation. Short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,354. That's 187 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $108 billion. Currencies, US dollars trading at 109.80 yen. Euro stands at 1 US dollar and 18 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 69 cents. Sport, the Olympic torch relay has reached Tokyo Prefecture two weeks before the Games begin. No crowds were allowed in to watch as the flame was carried on stage in a lantern and handed to the governor of Tokyo, Yuriko Koike. There will be no spectators too at the arenas in the city hosting the bulk of the Olympic events. The organising committee has shut them out because of fears over coronavirus. This is BBC's Mariko Oi. The capital, Tokyo, has been seeing a growing number of new infections, especially that very infectious Delta variant in recent days. And that's why the government uh, last night announced the fourth state of emergency starting on Monday, uh, ending uh, on the 22nd of August, basically meaning that it covers the entire duration of the Olympics. Uh, and after that, we heard from the organizers that as a result, they're not going to allow any spectators inside stadiums and making this game the first one ever to be held uh, behind closed doors. Japan's Olympic Minister Tameo Murakawa made the announcement of no spectators following discussions with officials and organisers. Very limited numbers can attend certain events outside the greater Tokyo area. 
Japan has also declared a state of emergency in Tokyo, which will run through the Olympics. The BBC's Alex Capstick says the announcement shouldn't come as a surprise. It was on the cards this would happen a few weeks ago when they announced uh, that crowds would be limited to 10,000 or 50% of each venue's capacity, uh, depending on which was the smaller number. It was mentioned that if the situation changed, then they may well reduce the numbers further, and they included that option of having no fans at all. So that's what they've decided to do. There was talk of the possibility, perhaps, of banning spectators after 9pm in the evening or no fans at some of the larger venues, but they've gone for simplicity so that everybody can understand uh, there'll be no fans at any of the venues in Tokyo. Interestingly, they did say that outside Tokyo, where there are stadiums, um, the surfing events, for example, or football, baseball venues uh, in uh, other areas of Japan where there is not a state of emergency, then that will be up to the individual governors, uh, the authorities in those areas to decide whether uh, they will have fans or not. Hong Kong has announced its flag bearers for the game's opening ceremony. The honour will be shared by badminton player Che Ying Suit and fencer Chen Ka Long. It's the first time that two athletes will carry the flag for Hong Kong at the Olympics. The SCR is sending 46 athletes to Japan, where they will compete across 13 sports. Tennis and world number one Ash Barty has made it through to her first Wimbledon final. The Australian won 6-3-7-6 over former champion Angelique Kerber. Barty said her semi-final win was almost a perfect performance. This is incredible. I think this is um, close to as good a tennis match as I'll ever play. And I think um, Angie definitely brought brought the best out of me today. And it was a, a hell of a match right from the right from the first ball. And I knew it was going to have to be that good just to compete with her. So I'm you know incredibly proud of myself and my team. And, and now we get a chance on on Saturday to try and live out a childhood dream. Barty will face the eight seed Karolina Pliskova in Saturday's final. Czech player came from set down to beat the number two seed, Arena Sabalenka. And that's a personal breakthrough for Pliskova. Till now I didn't pass the fourth round and I'm in the final, so I think it's incredible achievement. I think it was an amazing match today from both of us. I had so many chances the first set. Got a bit uh, frustrated there. Super happy how I managed to stay in there and find a way. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Engineering sector lawmaker Lo Waikwok says poor supervision probably led to the construction blunder at the Pavilia Farm residential development. The government is urged to spell out any plans it has for district councillors and University of Hong Kong student union leaders stepped down after withdrawing a sympathy motion for the man who stabbed a police officer. And that's the news from RTHK. Darling, darling. I'll turn the lights back on now Watching, watching As the credits all roll down And crying, crying You know we're playing to a full house House No heroes, villains, one to blame While wilted roses fill the stage And the thrill, the thrill is gone Our debut was a masterpiece But in the end for you and me on this show It can't go on We used to have it all But now's our curtain call So hold for the applause Oh, 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 oh And wave out to the crowd And take our final bow Oh, it's our time to go But at least we stole the show 
And welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Friday afternoon, the very last one of this week. Many thanks once again to Phil Whelan for the morning brew today. We have a jam-packed program. Since it's Friday, the Agenda Cafe will be with you after the 2 o'clock news. My co-host Karen Ko and myself will be talking about support for survivors of childhood sexual abuse. Now, one of the support groups is called Talk Hong Kong, and its mission is to offer the power and comfort uh, of fellowship uh, to survivors. And uh, we'll be joined by its founder, uh, Tora Edgar, and also Beth uh, Janelle, who is a member of its advisory network.